Well, hey everyone, it's Scriptwriter Steve. Today is December 20th, 2020. And do I have a show for you today? You know, I when I first started my podcast, it was about barbecue to movies. And I re- what I really wanted to do was just, you know, barbecue, you know, sit back and um, just, you know, shoot the breeze with you as I barbecued them. Because, you know, when you barbecue, it takes so long, um, you actually talk about everything under the sun. And so when I usually barbecue, I have my co-pitmaster, um, Keith, and he also just happens also to be my really good friend, and he um, is a co-author. I would say more like a, like a creative consultant. He doesn't really write um, a lot of my stuff, but he actually is a really good creative consultant to a lot of the stuff that I put out uh, right now, currently. Um, he didn't help me back when I, when I was 19 years old. Um, so uh, we always like you know talk about movies. We talk about you know politics. We're very similar in that sense. And I've uh, been a really good buddy of mine for about two decades. So he'll pop in every now and then on my podcast. And and um, on Friday, we were just uh, sitting around, we're barbecuing some ribs. And I said, hey, you know what? I think we should actually um, record what we're talking about because it was very, very interesting. So, And we talked for a long time. So I, I hit the record button. And uh, we just talked like um, as though you were part of our uh, our group that was there barbecuing with us, even though it was me and uh, just Keith there, you know, being a pit master. And there we are managing the fire and we're just shooting the breeze, actually, and talking about whatever comes to our mind. So we talk about everything from barbecue, how we manage the fire to um, movies right now. And, and we get very critical on, on the entire movie industry. So if you're all into that, you know, and, and uh, you want to listen into it keep on listening if not you guys can tune out now that's no problem at all too because it's not for everyone i understand so here it is right after these messages all right so this is a scriptwriter steve and today is friday and i'm actually doing a live show here um, with my buddy keith who will hopefully appear in more shows with me i have um, the phone on speaker so hopefully you can hear both of us as we talk and we're actually barbecuing a bunch of ribs, spare ribs on top of the barbecue right now as we speak. We're out here on the offset smoker. Um, Keith is a good friend of mine from back in college. And uh, Keith, say hi. Hello. Yeah, so uh, I met him back in, uh, back in college, in community college, during my, one of my only semesters I ever went to college. And then um, he's the only friend I ever had from college. And then, um, you know, we, he's been there by my side the whole time. And uh, now he's also a creative consultant for all of my stories that I do. And uh, he's in no way a writer, none whatsoever. He just knows a lot about fiction. I have no idea why. No idea. Um, I read too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I read way too much. How many books do you read per week? On average, probably about three or four. See that? That's why he's good at it. So Keith has created um, the antagonist for a lot of my... um, a lot of my uh, fictional stories. Um, not going to talk to I'll talk about those right now because they're really good characters, and you have to wait until my stuff comes out. And then he's also my co-pit master when I barbecue. So uh, we're out here. So if you hear any birds whistling and all that, that's because we're out here in my yard, watching the fire, watching the fire, watching the temperature. Um, we'll have to put the put the podcast on pause every now and then to go maintain the fire. But right now it's at two seventy nine. Pork's at 138. It's going to be approaching the stall. And uh, yeah, so uh, he is my 
co-writer, co-pitmaster. <laughs> there were a lot, a lot of hats. Yeah. Right. So, um, but anyway, today we want to talk about like um, uh, the SJW movement in movies, which just pisses both of us off. Um, uh, there's a time and place for SJW, but when you're at a movie, you're just trying to enjoy the moment, enjoy the movie, which is very hard to do when they're cramming things in your throat like SJW. I mean, perfect example would be Captain Marvel. Yeah, Captain you can't Marvel. get much more SJW than that. I mean, I've read Captain Marvel comics. I used to be an avid comic um, book um, reader, but that representation of Captain Marvel was not Captain Marvel. They made her too, I don't know, bitchy, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the, you know, the problem with it, when you, when you start pushing agendas in movies, and um, we've seen this, is that it's not that we don't like powerful women in movies. We don't like it where they um, de uh, demasculate men. So in Captain Marvel, every single male character in there was a weakling. Weakling, even, weakling no, no, no balls. Yeah, nothing, nothing. I mean, including the antagonist. Yeah. Right? right. I mean, we talked about this where... Um, you know, his main power was holding back Captain Marvel. He wasn't powerful himself. He didn't have any... Super, did he have supernatural powers? No, he had no... Well, he was did a he? little bit above human human standards because he himself was an alien. Yeah. Aliens tending to be stronger than humans. But he himself didn't have any super supreme power. He had technology. Could he fly? He couldn't fly. He couldn't fly, yeah. Everything was technology-born, which is typical for Kree, but there are supposed to be powerful Kree, which they never showed... Yeah. At all. All they showed was a typical soldier weakling who had no um, no ability whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. And then in every single character, I mean, I remember every single time there was a male on, on screen, they would probably make a snide comment or insult her femininity or something like that. And, and it just got very irritating. So you don't have to make a movie like this. I, you know, there was, um, before, back in the, what, the 90s, there was a cartoon called The X Men, right? Right. I loved watching that. Um, I didn't know you back then. But then, was it 90s or 80s? It, it was 80s. 80s? Late well, 80s. Yeah, Late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. But you can catch it on, on, on Disney Plus now. Disney Plus. It, oh, right? yeah, yeah, the, whole, the so, whole, whole run. Yeah, so um, they had powerful women. They had Storm. They had Rogue. They had yep. all these things. But they never demasculated men. Yeah. They never demasculated them, right? They're, I'd say most of the women, a lot of the women in the X-Men were more powerful than the men. Yeah, yeah. Storm was really powerful. Rogue was way powerful. Well, Rogue was really powerful. She was probably one of the most powerful X-Men. Then you have Storm who controls the weather itself, so... You couldn't get much more powerful than that. Yeah, so one of one of the things when you when you create a, a fictional storyline is that your your protagonist, your good your good guy, is reactionary to your antagonist. So that means your antagonist has to be way more powerful than your protagonist. But in Captain Marvel, <laughs> the antagonist was so weak, so you had no storyline. The only thing holding her back was herself. Yeah, which yeah, makes for a very bland and boring story. I mean. I, I can't name one person who I've talked to who, who actually said they actually liked that movie. I mean, go, don't get me wrong. A lot of people went. They made money from the sales of tickets, but I believe nobody bought the movie. No, no. Almost uh, nobody. Yeah, no. In fact, if I, when I like to watch rewatch the MCU universe and all that, I'll skip Captain Marvel. Yeah. Right? And then she had no... Like, she didn't even need to be in the Avengers no, of the, really. the Endgame. She didn't even need to be in there. She, she just wants to show up Oh look! I can destroy everything and fly away. Yeah, and then having her in the end game, it ruined almost the um, the reality of like it ruined Tony Stark. Yeah, and I, and I talked about it in the last podcast. But remember, remember when Tony Stark was he was stuck in the Milano? Yeah, 
uh, he could have used the arc reactor to power that because the arc reactor in his chest was could power a, a city. Yeah. It was it's like really it's a, it's powerful. Really powerful. It's a, it's a nuclear right. generator almost. Yeah, yeah. So that goes back with to the limitless power. Yeah, it was almost like free energy. I don't see why he couldn't power the Milano with that. Because that's the you know, that's like the 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 new arc reactor. Yeah, right? like how many? I mean, with was, a new energy source. Yeah, and it was still working. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And I didn't understand why he had a helmet. Yeah, because yeah, I don't understand that too. Because remember, everything was created from that. Nanobot technology um, yeah. triangle on his chest. Yeah. It's supposed to all go back into his nanotechnology thing in his chest. Did he have the nanotechnology in his blood? Yeah, he did. He, he injected did. nanobites in his blood. He I think, did, in, right? Like, the second movie. Yeah, he did. So he could better control the um, yeah. remote control so suit. If, if we go with his according mind. to the comic, then, then we... Then he could actually heal himself. The nanobot should be able to heal himself because it is, isn't it going according to the canon of the comic? Um, he, he became really, really. strong. He became really, really strong at one point. Um, I don't know if he could heal himself instantaneously, but I know he could. Yeah. He became um, really powerful. He became almost indestructibly powerful. Yeah. So, so this is how it is when we, when we talk about barbecue. When you you do barbecue, <laughs> you're cooking something for a long time. Oh Keith, you better go watch the fire. Oh, yeah, better go. So he's, he's gonna go like right yeah, now. The temperature go. went down to two sixty eight, and he's gonna take a look. It's two two seventy right now, Keith. Yeah, so um, oh, that's why. so the the thing about it right now is we're we're cooking with Kiave wood, and um, I know you guys can't see it right now because we're this is just, just a podcast, but um, um, he's gonna be putting in more wood to bring the temperature up, and then hey Keith, um, do the the apple cider stuff too. So while I talk to the people here. Okay. <clears throat> But this is the way it is. You you sit back, you talk story, you talk about, and because Keith and I, you know, are all into movies, and he's my co-writer, we always talk about some of the projects that I'm doing. And how would we do a movie if we had to? Um... Yeah, and how would we, we complain about all the crappy movies out there? Because there's more crappy movies than good movies, right there, Keith? Yep, I can't remember the last really good movie I went to. Yeah, he may not be able to hear him, but then he said he can't remember the last good movie he went to. Yeah, good one. Well, I don't remember the last time we went to a movie with this COVID thing. Yeah, this whole COVID thing is yeah. kind of. It's mm. yeah, it's um, yeah. <laughs> it's painful and painful in the wallet too. Oh yes. So um, but anyway, I'm gonna put this on pause right now because uh, we have to go take a look at this fire. But we'll be we'll be right back, okay? Okay, so it sounds as though this podcast is continuing like in a second but we were gone for about what five ten minutes well at least five minutes five <laughs> minutes so we had to like take a look at the fire um get the fire back up and going and then we took a look at what we call these little i call it smoke bombs and these are the leftover meat after i take off the meat when i um when i trim uh the spare ribs into the shape that i want them i wrap them up into little balls season it and then wrap it up with string into these, these little spheres stick it in there and then we smoke that as well, and those come out really good. A lot of times it turns out better than the spare ribs itself. Yeah, because it's so smoky. Yeah, it becomes extremely smoky. It becomes some of the best bites. Yeah. So when you're trimming your um, meat, don't throw everything away. You can save some pretty good scraps, and it makes a pretty good um, bite. Yeah, yes, yeah, so we, we've done that to um, the brisket. We've done that to pretty much every meat we put in there. Yeah, except for the fish. Except for the fish. Yeah, except for the fish. So, so when, right now, we're, we're smoking it right now. Uh, we, what we do is we watch the color of the smoke, and we watch the, the fire. And right now, we have a healthy fire, and the color of the smoke. So it's getting, getting good. It's getting it's good. Clear. You know, every time you put new firewood on top, it has to, it takes a little while to clear. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll get a little, little on the whiter side, but not thick white. You don't want the thick white because once you go with the thick white, you get gasoline flavor. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's, it's you don't want that. 
And um, but it's it's kind of okay okay to have just a little bit, you know, in a but you don't want to sustain at, in that billowing white sta- stage because it it would just ruin, ruin the meat. meat. I mean, I I've tasted so much bad barbecue in my life here in Hawaii. There's really no good barbecue. Yeah, I'd say um, in Hawaii, seventy percent of the barbecue is bad. You might get ten percent decent. Yeah, the rest is you can eat it, but why bother? Yeah, and when when you hear about barbecue in Hawaii, it's usually Korean barbecue or local style barbecue, which is not southern barbecue. Yeah, yeah, it's not southern barbecue. What we're doing is more like southern style barbecue with um, local wood, right? Um, but um, yeah, I've tasted the. We should talk about that other meat that we tasted. Oh the, the yeah. Local. So yeah, so we um, so there's a guy down the street from us. He he he, he sells um smoked meat off Facebook Marketplace. Real um, nice guy. I don't think you can consider what he sells smoked meat. But that's a lot of what the yeah. So there's a, he's smoking it in a kind of like a locker. A big yeah. Locker. You didn't you didn't see it, but it's a, it's a big locker. Um, the, his um his uncle made it. It's all made out that of wood. That is a smoker. That, that can be a smoker. I mean, yeah. We'll probably do a good smoker, but so he built a little campfire on the bottom, and then he hangs the meat. And I think he has hangs like pork, but they marinate their pork for about. I think about two, three weeks in sugar and all this stuff. Yeah, the problem is, it's, it's not really smoked meat. It's more like candied meat. It's really it's sweet. It's so sweet. It's like punching yourself in the face with sugar. If you like sweet things, you'll love it. Yeah. yeah. For me, I mean, I, I like sweet things as much as the next person, but I couldn't handle it. It was too sweet. Well, yeah. So that you had the you had the um, sausage, the, the sausage, right? And I, you didn't taste the meat, but the meat, the pork was like just as sweet. I remember making cookies, and I said, "Wow, this, these are sweeter than my cookies." Yeah, they were sweeter than his cookies. Like I we, mean, that sausage. I, I I took one bite. Okay, okay, maybe I'll try another. I tried, second, the second bite was the same, if not worse. <laughs> yeah, so we tried to. Um, there's a meat called lup chong in Hawaii, and lup chong is a very sweet Chinese type of meat. And and I that's, don't even, that's, that's also. Everywhere, lup yeah, chong. Yeah, chong is pretty much everywhere. Yeah, so um, some of the best lup chongs are actually in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, and it's sweet. Yeah, this was sweeter than that. Yeah, this was. <laughs> and I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not really a lup chong person. I'll eat it, but it's not something yeah, I care me, for. Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't care for it either. But yeah. my, my parents like that. Yeah, but, like uh, I said, the best lup chong is from Vegas, sold out of the Vegas store in California. California. Yeah, they make theirs out of um, choice meat, supposedly. So let's get back into this movie stuff and SJW thing. Uh, we wa- we wanted to go and talk about um, because all these uh, people are not reviewing a movie. It's called Black is King, which is avail- available on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, this was a Beyonce's movie that came out, and every single review that I saw was excellent. It was the excellent, best, and no real reviewer wanted to touch it with a ten foot pole because of Black Lives Matter and George Floyd and all those things are going uh, let's on. Let's not there. go with. Let's not forget. L- L- the, the whole lesbian, gay, oh, the LGBTQ, LGBTQ thing. thing, yeah, women power empowerment, po- yeah. So it, it touched upon almost it was kind of the most woke type of video out there and black empowerment. And um, don't get me wrong, I don't mind black empowerment. Off, you, you do what you want, that's fine. But this was like I could it's unwatchable. I couldn't understand what was going on. There's no storyline to Black is King. And if there is a storyline, I don't understand it. I mean, if you ever tried watching it on, on Disney Plus, and I dare you to go go ahead and watch it and come back and, and, and say, do you can you make a story out of this? It's so abstract. It's so out there. It reminds me of going to like a, a modern art museum. Or it was something. like um, music to modern art. Yeah, it's horrible. Or modern art to music or whatever. It was beautifully photographed. No, no, no. It was, don't get me wrong. The, the images are nice. Yeah. But trying to make a story out of that? 
Yeah. I couldn't understand it. Remember Michael Jackson Moonwalker? Was it Moon, Michael Jackson Moonwalker? Moonwalker was yeah, it? Yeah, right, right, Moonraker. Moonraker. No, no, not Moonraker. But Moonraker it was a lot James back Bond. in the 80s or 90s yeah, yeah, when he I, had Dad and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. They came out with that movie, yeah, right? Yeah, it was, it was um, I think it was Moonwalker. Yeah. Moonwalker, right? But it was somewhat of a coherent story. You could understand what, where the movie was yeah, going. Yeah, where it would go. Even Smooth Criminal was part of that story. Yeah. And then he, he had tried, magic. Yeah, he shoes had, or something like that. Yeah, and he transformed into a car. Every time, every time you see a, a, a falling star, he make a wish, and then he turned into one time. One time he turned into a car. Yeah, and then he turned into. I think at the end he turned into like um, a spaceship, and he like he was like I think Joe Pesci was the antagonist at that time. Yeah, I believe the bad so. Guy, and then he just like shot up, you know, shot the hell out of Joe Pesci. I didn't think he killed Joe Pesci. Probably he did. He did, and then but then at least it was a coherent story. Yeah. Black is King is like completely like you, you like what I don't know what the hell it's talking about. Nope. Where's the antagonist? Where's the three act structure? Where's the subplots and all those good things? We you know we you know um, what is it talking about? It's yeah. talking about people falling from the sky and yeah how black and then saying saying how black is king, but we're still trying to figure out why these people are falling from the sky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, are you saying that uh, black people are aliens? Yeah, I mean I, I was I, like, what the. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't get it's just so abstract I mean to be honest like I mean um, Keith did you make it through the whole thing nope I made it watch try to watch it when five minute increments I maybe watched 15 minutes of it yeah so I, I didn't make it through the whole I mean I tried to make it I think I made it through about 45 minutes to an hour I mean a lot, a lot of people they made it through the whole thing yeah but um I, I I really couldn't make it through the whole thing. It was it was just bad. Yeah, yeah. you'd really have to love Beyonce and his, her music to listen to the watch the whole thing. And, and I think that's what it is. Like you got to really really be a fan to enjoy that. But I think a lot of the critics don't want to say anything bad uh, or or be critical about it because um, it's supposed to be a, a black empowerment movie. Right. And I think that's really bad. So you get this whole black empowerment thing. It's it's ruining pe- you know critics who want to be critical of it but they're scared of being you know canceled right right if, if they if they speak if they actually speak their mind but you should be critical of them you know the color of their skin shouldn't, shouldn't stop matter you. yeah it shouldn't say hey we're, this is not a good movie but it's not because not it's not because you're black it's just because, because it's, it's a bad good. movie it's it makes good. no sense it makes absolutely no sense so i have a lot of I have a lot of Facebook friends who are like over in um, you know Africa, like I right. told you, right? And they're all filmmakers, really, really great, you know, filmmakers. Sissy, if you're listening to this, you're a great filmmaker. Um, but then uh, none of them really like, like it really enjoyed the Blackest King. They saw some little clips and all that, and they really didn't enjoy it. And they even, I think, some of them even said that that's cultural appropriation, because you know, you know Beyonce's. She's American. She's not from Africa. Yeah. Like, she's not from which country she's from. She's not. And every country has its own type of culture. Yeah, and uh, well, and we don't even know if she can trace her her genealogy to yeah. to uh, Africa. A lot of these performers or or yeah. musicians, some of them say, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah we're African." And they they don't know if they're African or not. Yeah. So the main thing I got from my friends over in Africa, the filmmakers, was that they were very offended by it because. They made it seem as though Africans are like living in huts, hunting tigers, and and just with de- with, 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 uh, with leather shields and spears. Yeah, yeah. And then when Africans want to be like you know, many Africans just want to be just as modern as the United States. You know, have you know, embrace capitalism, be entrepreneurs, be business people. You know, have a really thriving film industry like Hollywood. You know, I mean, they, they don't want to live in huts and everything like that. Oh, yeah. So it it was a. Uh, you know, I would give if you give Blackest King a grade, I'll probably say it's an F, solid F. Yeah, if you're gonna make something, it has to be at least watchable. If you can't watch it, 
you can't really give it anything higher than an F. Yeah. And that would be, so Captain Marvel is an F to me. Well, Do you think it's some, an F? I can't say it's an F. We did watch the whole thing. That's true. That's true. Um, D minus. D minus. Yeah. We, you know, it started to redeem itself at the end. Like, But even then, at the end, it kind of just kind of yeah, went out the door. Yeah, when, really... Yeah, when 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 Captain Marvel started wiping the floor with that that guy, it's like, yeah, just like, where, where's that? Where's the all of a sudden par up to? You know, it's like have a good fight, have scene. a good fight scene. Yeah, I mean, he is went off the thing. Oh, he's male, so he's a weakling. Yeah, yeah. All she, had, you know, what really pissed me off about Captain Marvel, you know, sorry, sorry, people, we're going all over the place. This is how it is. We're just talking. We're yeah, just this talking. is normal conversation. We, we, we jump from topic to topic sometimes. It really pissed me off about Captain Marvel is that, um, you know, at the at the end, um, she to get her powers because she was she didn't know how, know how to use her powers. Right. Oh, she, she close her eyes and think of all the bad men. Right. Yeah. And she was falling. She was falling from the heavens. Yeah. Right. And she had to like think of all the bad men and, uh, that, that did that anything held bad her to, down. Held her down. And then she could fly and use all of her powers like more than she could, should ever could. Superman in the DC world, every every superhero I know had to like learn their powers. Every single one of them, and they messed up the first time. Oh yeah, and that's kind of the beauty of it too, seeing them mess up. But they didn't want to show Captain Marvel in that way. Yeah, man. Even if you look at Jean Grey from the X Men, yeah, oh. show her messing up a lot. Yeah, yeah. She's a powerful woman. She's probably arguably one of the most powerful X Men ever. Yeah, bar none. Yeah, and. They show her messing up all the time. Yep. So, can't say that you can't have power growth, but at least work for it. Yeah. She had to work for it. So, why don't we go talk about Wonder Woman, right? Wonder Woman was a really well-made movie. It's probably one of my favorite DC movies out there. Yeah. Very powerful woman. Gal Gadot is incredible. I think she's the best Wonder Woman. Better than... Who's who's the original Wonder Woman? Ah, shoot. Um, but the other Wonder, other Wonder Woman is, is beautiful. Oh, she's still good-looking Very good-looking, beautiful girl. But she's... But when she was... I was watching her old... Um, the Wonder Woman clips on YouTube. She's too feminine. Like, she punched like a girl. Yeah, she did punch like a girl. She kicked like a girl. Like, you know... But, which is good and fine because, you know, she has a... She, she's not she's not human. She has powers. Yeah. So, she can punch like a girl if she wants. But, that at least make it look... Yeah, but Gal Gadot, yeah. like, she was a combat trainer for Israel. I mean, she... So, she can throw a punch. Like, you... So, me and Keith are also boxers as well. By the way, like, um, and we taught boxing over at the YMCA, and we taught girls how to punch, right? Yes. We taught a lot some of Some girls. girls know how to punch. Yeah, some girls knew how to punch. Um, but then, still yet, like, when you when you look at uh, Wonder Woman, the old one, she didn't know how to punch. Like, nobody taught her how to punch. Right. Gal Gadot probably, she trained people how to punch. Well, uh, you can tell when she punches, it looks like it hurts. Yeah, yeah she, well, she's getting her hip into it. She's got her body a into right it. A right cross and everything, and right. she's doing things. Like, she knows she knows how to throw her hip her hip into the punches yeah, and all she that. knows how to throw a punch. wide stance and everything she knows about you know transferring the momentum and kinetic energy right. and all that kind of stuff so when you see it like Gal Gadot you know it's much more convincing oh yeah but you remember she was in um, was it Fast and the Furious before? oh yes she was Fast and Furious I mean, she was hot back then but she was super skinny yeah super it, super she, skinny it still looked like she knew what she was doing it still looked yeah. like she was throwing a wave behind it but I'm sorry when you ha- I'm not saying this to be mean to females but when you have a hundred pound hundred nothing pound Girl punching you, yeah, 
I mean, you might get bruised, but it's not going to phase you much. Yeah, so we know this from boxing. And in fact, that, that, that's like a 105-pound guy, too. Yeah. A 105-pound person, like a guy, a guy who's like in 130 pounds, Yeah. Their, their right cross would be strong as our jab. So me and Keith are heavyweight boxers. So our jab uh, is, is about as strong as a 135-pound right cross. A guy who's trained okay, in boxing. trained in boxing. Yeah. He will never be able to punch. Like, their right cross, they're just not very strong. And that's why, like, when you go in regular boxing, they just beat the hell out of each other for nine rounds. It's and, they're, they're, and they're still fast. They're, yeah. like, they're, they're fast on their feet. They're, yeah. If, if a heavyweight boxer was to do that, yeah. they wouldn't last that long. Not, not usually. That's why if you look, watch Mike Tyson fights, yeah. watch any of the heavyweight fights, unless it's just kind of a... Expedition, ex- exhibition match or something. Yeah. It don't last long. Yeah, they don't last. All you have to do is mess up one time and yeah, you get caught. You, got caught. you just need one good punch and the yeah. guy's down. Yep. I yeah. don't care how how good you are. Yeah. So so like uh yeah. So if you're over two hundred pounds, or even if you're one hundred eighty pounds, and you can snap it like how Jim did. Oh yeah. Jim, Jim was another like boxer with us. The gym had a. It, it, yeah, he she he had a good snap. I mean, yeah. he hit me. It didn't hurt. I yeah. barely felt it. But he knocked you down. But he knocked me down. <laughs> yeah, knocked you right he, down. he made me see black. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he, yeah. So this uh, guy in the Marines, um, a good friend of ours, he's over there in uh, Pittsburgh right now, yeah. but uh, he had this He had this punch. He had this great snap, man. Yeah. He had one of the best snaps I've seen. When it hits you. So, you, you know, a, a person who can snap like their punch really well, you think how you can turn a towel into a weapon by snapping it. He could turn his punches into that. So his punches just felt... The most painful punches ever. Like, you know, even if they're not, like, very powerful like that. But they were. Yeah. So they were powerful and they're snappy. And they just hurt like hell. I mean, it's just horrible. Like that. Like, like sparring with them. So Yeah. Like, yeah I mean, I sparred with him. And he, I mean, I could hold for a little bit. But he had that one, I mean, yeah. I don't know where that came from. I was like, I was like, Pack. I was like whoa, what the hell? It oh. didn't even hurt. I, I, didn't, I barely felt it. Oh, that's because you're out. You're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, was, it wasn't even a... Long out. It was just like you stopped laughing. Well, the got right back up. The, the, the curtain went down. down. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a knockout. That's a, that's considered. A, uh, yeah, it's a knockout. Yeah, knockout. It's a TKO. No, TKO. technically not. Yeah. Three times is TKO. Yeah, three times. Yeah, uh, it's but like, you'll be one. I'll be. A, I, got I was. A, a, I got a one count. Yeah, two was, count at most. That's right. Yeah, three times. Yeah, Jim was a really good boxer. Like, um, he's still a good boxer. Boxing, I think, is one of those things where you you don't really lose it too much. No, I think you can really. lose it a little. But the power and all that. Your, your aim might your come aim, off Their aim. I tell you, aim is everything on that. But see, so, so we now when we watch like, you know, women fight, and then even, you know, when we start seeing like women fight in movies, and you see like a 105-pound supermodel girl, you know, you're kind of wiping the floor with a 300-pound guy who's, who's a WWE stuntman, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> it's really really unrealistic. And you say, oh, yeah, she punched him in the face. Well, it wouldn't phase him. No, it wouldn't. See, that guy would just look at him and say, is that yeah. all you got? Yeah. And, and that's where, like, you know, I'm not sure if I coined the phrase, but it's called canon to reality. Remember I always talk about that? We say, it's something canon to reality. And we always, like, look in, in the scripts that I write, I always say, is it canon to reality? And, and you know, Keith kind of like makes sure it's canon to reality and all this, those different types of things. But, but it's kind of like, uh, it, it's kind of our pet peeve now once we watch yeah, things, right? Like, you know, it's, uh, I don't know if you guys ever watched Anna. I mean, it was the one Anna? with the, uh, no, I didn't, I got, I bought it, but I've only watched bits and parts of it. It's kind of a, one of those Russian spy ones. She's like a Russian spy who's just trained. Well, and she's I like saw a, that. A hundred, she looks, she's like say maybe 105 pounds. I saw that one, the blonde one. Yeah, the and blonde all one, yeah. yeah. And she can do like all these like flips and, and kicks and whatnot. And, it's like, and then you have this big guy, she beats the crap out of her. Like, 
We, that we, would not happen. We have a problem too when they do a lot of like before back in the old days when they, they did movies, they used real guns to shot blanks. Yeah. Now they're using like these plastic weapons and they they, they, they put in the, the bullets afterwards. Right, right, right. So now the, the girl can hold the gun however they want yeah. and they don't even go to gun training. Right. And like unless you're doing like one of those like you know, you're working with uh, who's a like Keanu Reeves and then all of those movie seasons, they use real guns. Yeah. So even Holly Berry, by the way, they were using real guns. So she took the gun training and all those things. She had to. Yeah. But then these new movies come out, they're supermodels, these girls, and they're, you know, because the budget's low, they're not going to use real guns because you have to hire, like, you know, safety crew right, and right, all right, that right, kind right, of right. stuff. So you can, like, shoot the guns as though it's, like, you know, five pounds. Yeah. And no recoil, right? <laughs> now, now that, that's something that yeah. could work. If, if, if she's beating these guys up and she's actually pistol whipping them, that would work. That would work. That would work really well. That would work. Yeah. That, would kill, that, would, that would knock the guy out pretty easily. Work. Yeah, that would, that would work. Yeah. But going back to, like, see, we have no problem with, like, strong women in movies at all. But just make it a little, little realistic. Yeah. You know, you don't have to make it, oh, just because, you know, men are just so bad and so this and so weak. We have to, you know, disengage ourselves with reality and accept that, oh, yeah, this 105-pound woman can beat up this 300-pound guy. That's not going to happen. Yeah. That's really not going to happen. That's uh, totally unrealistic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe if she backflips, lands on the guy, and punches at the same time, she might get something. Yeah. Did I tell you, like, in a, um, during the, when we were boxing in YMCA, Maneo, right. um, she actually uh, got me in to train some women for rape protection. Did I tell really? you about that? No, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. So, so what happened was that, that these women thought they could actually, you know, learn certain kung fu blocks and how to, di how to disarm a knife and all, because I know how to do those things, right? right. But that's a kung fu thing, you know right. what I mean? And it, even then, they say, the best, best defense is to get behind something. Yeah, yeah, so it's really, really tough. I mean, even if you're a trained guy to disarm a knife or disarm a gun and everything, you know, you, you learn that in martial arts. I was teaching them that. But then I had to kind of drill into them and say, if someone's pointing a gun at you, you know, there are certain things you want to try to do. You know, don't try to be all cocky and you know, all these things. And some of these women were thinking, oh, yeah, they could just block, like, like do something like in the movies. Right, you know, and then you know, block him. This so you're not going to be able to do that because his forearm and his arm are so strength, so strong. And this guy's going to like you know, you, you know, hit the guy's arm. This yeah. guy's big. You ain't going to move this, his arm. Yeah, yeah, this guy's going to rape you. And they're thinking, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do a, a you know a, a right cross on him and all those different types of things. I'm going to block him. Do a do a do one of those like crane crane blocks. I taught everyone how to do. And <laughs> it's not going to work with a guy who wants to rape you. So I, then I started teaching him how to run away properly. How to do different. <laughs> I did. I had cones in there and had him run away and, yeah. and do things like that. But um, and that they did like that too, though. But they, they were kind of like a. They didn't want to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a big guy. You can't go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a big guy, unless not, it's in the movies. Yeah, unless it's in... Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not a small guy. Even I wouldn't go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a big guy. I see a big guy, I'm going to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. Yeah. I'm going to kick him in the nuts and maybe then right cross him and then run. Yeah, exactly. Right cross, by the way, is like if you're, uh, if you're you know, a boxer like that and you, you have your left foot forward, the right cross would be on your right hand. And then you throw it across your body, and you, it's a strong, one of the strongest punches because then you can move your hips and connect with a, a lot of weight behind that punch without <laughs> losing your weight. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's really powerful next to the uppercut. I think the uppercut's more damaging, though. But, it's, uh, but anyway, Keith, we got 252 over there. Uh, we got we to gotta do some firebox management. Um, we dropped down to 252. and it's not um, too bad. It's not too bad. Yeah, we want to start loading it up with wood. Right now, so Keith is uh, he is managing the fire while I talk to you. So uh, this is how it is again, like how, how we're doing. And uh, I thought it'd be just cool just to uh, 
do an open mic session with my friend Keith there, who's going to be appearing in a lot more shows. As yeah, as we as we, the movie theaters open up. So, uh, but one thing I'm kind of curious though is like um, when the movie theaters do open up, well, we have um, a handful of them that close down here. I think Rego is out of business. Uh, we have one called Consolidated. I think they're in business right now. Uh, we don't. We don't have AMC in, in Hawaii. Do we have AMC in Hawaii? No, we don't have AMC. We don't have AMC, but I heard, I heard AMC is going out of business. You know, I'm really not sure where the entire industry is going to go because, um, and I don't think the industry knows itself where it's going to go, how they're going to distribute all the movies. Um, I think it's probably going to be almost pure um, yeah. downloads pretty soon. Yeah, so Keith said he's, he's kind of far away from the phone right now, but he says he thinks it's going to go toward completely streaming. Um, I hope not because I like my... Um, yeah theater experience yeah i'm not i mean i'm sure all of you guys love the theater experience uh, i just hope it's not too expensive when they go back yeah but, but you know one thing about it is that i really feel as though this entire COVID thing is going to come to an end with the vaccines coming out um i'm not sure well like i i, I guess everyone all my listeners know that i'm pretty much pro-vaccine um, but I'm not out there. If you're if you're anti-vax, I'm also fine with that too. I don't think the government should be able to t- to tell you to require you to get a vaccine to do business. Hey Keith, um, uh, you gotta spray it. Got got gotta spray the thing. So here are barking out. I am still the senior pitmaster of the barbecue. <laughs> How is that looking in there? Could uh, use more color. So right now, when you when you cook um, your barbecue, right now we're cooking spare ribs. Oh, by the way, Walmart has really cheap spare ribs uh, right there, and they're, they're huge. huge. They're gigantic. So you should get some if you if you can. Um, but they're huge. I think it's a dollar thirty, a dollar twenty per pound. And that's in Hawaii, so that's yeah, it's much probably, cheaper someplace else. So they're frozen. <laughs> they're they're frozen, and then um, out yeah, and they come two in a packet, and they're huge, gigantic. So spare ribs to me, I think, if you cook it, just trim, just, you know, keep all the, the, the top part on there. That's called, called the riblets usually. A lot of people, when they do barbecue, they just want to trim it on, just have the ribs. I want the meat above the ribs because that's really good too. So, um, you know, people, too many people, when you do, if you're going to cook for friends and all that, keep as much meat on the rib bone as, as what you Yeah, can. you don't want a rib with no, bone, with no meat. It's all bones and it's just, yeah, why have baby a, back yeah. ribs. Baby, baby back, back ribs have no meat. No meat. That's only a restaurant thing. You yeah. get all your money. No, no, no. You want the big brontosaurus sized yeah. beef ribs, man. You know what I want to do? I want to smoke a tomahawk. Oh, that might be good. Yeah, I want to try smoke a tomahawk in this thing. So, so right now, like uh, Keith put, like what did you what did you put in there? How much wood did you put in there? Three pieces. Three pieces of wood like there. So we're gonna build up the temperature up again. Uh, right now, the temperature of I'm looking at the temperature of the spare ribs is 142. It's gonna go up there pretty high. It's gonna go build up real fast because yeah. it's 262 again. Yeah. Already. So the so the um the temperature of the of the of the smoker is 264 and climbing. And we're trying to maintain it around 275, around there. I even told him it's okay to go through to 325 because I want probably gonna hit like a good bar. I put it. I built almost a miniature. Yeah. What time is it now, Keith? What time is it? 4:50. So it's 4:50. What time did I started? What time I guess to three o'clock? I got here about 3:15 or so. You already started. Yeah. So was, I think I started it at about three o'clock, and and I want to eat. <laughs> <laughs> so. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna cook it till we get like a, a good, a good kind of like not a good, well, a good color on there. How's it looking up there? Um, there? It's 
still needs more color. It's yeah, not, so it's not very colorful yet. It so still looks more like you have your rub on there. Well, yeah. So we're trying to get to a good color. That's probably going to happen around 165 or 170. Now, the, the pork will actually stall around 160, 160. And a stall means where the temperature will not go up, no matter how much, how hot your fire is. And what you're doing is you're cooking out the moisture out of your meat. And once the, once the moisture enough moisture comes out of the meat then the temperature temperature starts rising the problem with that is if you cook past the stall too much then your meat dries up so it's very very careful when you're cooking barbecue don't panic when it stops going up that's when you reach the stall but that just means you have to look at the that's when you start checking the temperature of your your bar not temperature but the color of your, your bark really really close um, for the pork ribs, though, we're not going to get that same type of color bark we do at brisket. No, not really. No, we just want it to be nice because we don't want it to be tough. Uh, kind of a red, reddish color. Kind of a reddish, reddish thing on almost there. Almost mahogany color. Yeah, and then once we're going to wrap it with tin foil. I know some people like to wrap it with butcher paper. We're going to wrap it with tin foil, and then we're going to put it into the oven to finish up. And then after that, while that's in the oven, we're going to um, break out a salmon, which I just salted, and we're going to smoke that salmon. And, um, that usually turns out really well. Yeah, that just turns out really, really well. It's really easy to cook. It's really, it's, if you if you um, cooking anything and smoking, once you have a good charcoal pit, uh, the temperature all you need is hundred degrees, and you have a, that, that charcoal pit is nice there and hot. What you're gonna do is you just put the put that um, it'll be a clean fire at hundred degrees, which is great. So what you want to do is just put that put that um, salmon on top of there. Just salt it with kosher salt and pepper on it. Was really good last time. Don't put any sugar or nothing on there. Don't need to be sweet. And then just let it go on top of your smoker there, and um, just cook it too. It's kind of like, kind of, kind of like less jiggly. That's about it. Unless you want candy salmon, then put as much sugar as you oh, want. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, jeez, not like that. Guy. No, it's horrible, <laughs> horrible, 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 horrible. All right. So what else is next on the topic here? Okay, we're just like shooting, shooting it, man. Right now, we're just uh, like. Should we go with Star Wars or should we go for oh, something else? Oh, jeez. Let's talk about Star Wars. So. So uh, um, I'm actually, so for scriptwriter Steve, um, I just want to let you know that I'm writing two pieces of fan fiction out there. One is where I uh, combine the world of Supernatural and DC, and Keith is going to be, a, he's actually co-writing it and acting as a creative consultant on that one. That one won't be sold, because I can't, I don't own the rights to it. <laughs> and then I'm, But it'll be out there. It'll be out there, and then I'm rewriting um, also another um, story, is, is the, the Last Jedi, yeah. which flat out sucked. And I think I'm writing that. I'm writing that on hopefully. As bad as Last Jedi was, you can't get, get any worse than the one before that. Wait, that the, it was the Last Jedi. No, was that the Last Jedi? Oh yeah, that was the Last the Jedi. La the Last Jedi. You were talking about the Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker is pretty bad too. Yeah, Rise of Skywalker. We're gonna get all. We're, we should talk about that right now. This, this may be a pretty long podcast, people. But then, uh, it's okay. It's okay. You can you can always tune out anytime. Yeah, yeah you can always tune out, tune back in. Well, it'd probably be the same. <laughs> this is better than Black is King, though. Yeah, <laughs> at least at least it was watchable. Yeah, and the, if, if barely. Yeah, I didn't like any of the music in Black is King. God, that's horrible. Yeah, Jeez. well, like I said, you have to be a real fan of Beyonce to like yeah, Black is King. Yeah, really, you know. Yeah, so so anyway, um, I'll be rewriting the Last Jedi and using more canon and a, and to fix. To fix kind of what, well, it's actually unfixable. I had to rewrite the whole thing. Yeah, and what so, they did was un really unfixable. So Keith is like a consultant to me on that because um, he's not really helping me write the whole thing. But then uh, Keith is, uh, his knowledge of Star Wars is incredible because uh, Keith, you can tell him that. Like you're... I've read, I'd say from the beginning of Star Wars all the way to 
Oh, Return, oh, Jedi Academy and a little bit beyond that. I, I used to be a really uh, avid Star Wars reader. Um, when I first met Steve, um, that was the genre I was reading. I, I read from there, it was, I was reading all the X-Men saga. So yeah, X-Men saga. So I, I read a lot of Star Wars in... Yeah, so when I met Keith, I was a writer, I was a screenwriter, and I, I think I had come back from California for that one semester yeah. or so, right? And, and then, I think around that time, the Star Wars, the Phantom Menace and whatnot was yeah, coming out. and that triggered you. That kind of triggered me too. I mean, I mean, I was a big Star Wars fan, and I thought that was bad. I thought it was a terrible thing. I can go back now and watch it and say, okay, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. I can, I can watch it now. But as bad as that, I thought that was... It was nowhere near as bad as the new stuff that just came out. Yeah. Or, well, can't really say that just came out because it's been a while. It, it, you know, the, the new stuff is so bad, it makes the old stuff seem watchable. Like Phantom, yeah. Phantom Menace, I thought, was just horrible. Like, the acting on it was just bad. It was bad. The, the storyline was awful. I thought it was. It was all over the place. I thought, I thought it was horrible, you know. But then now it seems okay. Yeah. If you compare it to the Star Wars now, it, it, that makes it look like um, a, a, a piece of art. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's so watchable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's actually a good movie. Yeah, yes. it turned a bad movie into a good movie. I mean, that, that's how bad the new Star Wars is. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think Star Wars is, is kind of an interesting franchise. I mean, I was always a Star Wars fan. I got more into Star Wars. Uh, actually, it, actually, I got more into Star Wars later, and then Keith like, completely fell out of Star Wars. Yep. I mean, you don't read any of the books now. I haven't read anything in a long time from Star Wars. And I have to drag him to the movies. Because <laughs> he hates Star Wars so much. So when Star Wars movie comes, hey, Keith, let's watch this Star Wars. It's like, oh. Oh, we should talk. You know what? So anyway, we agree all the Star Wars, you know, pr the new ones pretty much suck. Yeah. Right? I mean, the, the, the best one was The Force Awakens. And Force I mean, Awakens. That, that was just kind of barely good, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, you know, like... Like one of the most interesting uh, like concepts I thought, which could happen out of Star Wars, like, like The Force Awakens, would be like where Rey was the reincarnation of Anakin, which would explain why she could fix you know the those machines so well yeah, and everything. Well, she was like the natural like the, that would explain so well. And then, well, there is a power that allow Jedi power that allows them to do that. Yeah, it is a, it's a Force power hmm. that allows them to use the Force to fix electronics. And in fact, the reincarnate the. Um, I think it was one of Leia's kids had that power. Um, and by chance, it actually happened to be named Anakin. <laughs> so that was, her, that was her youngest son, I believe. So in my rewrite, The Last Jedi, uh, I have up in there where um, uh, Mara Jade is Luke, Luke Skywalker's... Um, uh, I guess that was his wife, right? Yeah, that became his wife. And then I made—I I, kind of took some liberty on that. That's in, in the books, the, the canon of the books, which they, which they all of a sudden they said is not canon. Yep. Um, that's Kathleen Kennedy for you. Yep. What, what a piece of work she is. And um, see again the women agenda thing, the, the pro woman agenda. What, what did she say about it? Like why? Oh, why? Why was the force? Why? Why was she so powerful? Yeah. Why was Ray so powerful? Because the force is female. That's what she said. Horrible. So it took all canon and just threw it out all the whole window. Though. Like you know, everything like a fan like Keith like enjoyed, and the whole all the fan base, yeah, the whole it. fire fan base hated the movie. And they took Star Wars and used that as a vehicle to push woman empowerment. And you know, and that's what I really don't like about you know Hollywood and everything like that. Mm -hmm. They're actually using art to push their own agenda. Now, while I do believe that, okay, yeah, you can do that. You know. 
create art to push an agenda because most artists do. Yeah. But do that on your own accord. Don't take like a franchise, ruin the lore. Mm. Ruin the whole folk folklore, right? You're and, gonna alienate all your fans. Yeah. And I'd say I think ninety percent of the original Star Wars fans hate the movies. Yeah. I mean so back in Hollywood when they work on sitcoms. Now, I've, I never worked on a sitcom before, but I'll tell you a little bit about it because I have friends who did. Um, when you go there as a TV writer or like a um, part of the writing crew, they have what they call is, is there's a Bible there of what every character is like and everything. So, so screen or screenwriters or the TV writers who are there working in production, they have to make sure that they don't like, um, you know, screw with it too much, right? Because you, know, you can screw with it a little, but if you don't do it, you're messing with the, the canon of that world. So you don't want to come in there and make like you know uh, a female character and turn them into you know change their sex to change make them all about female empowerment and all those different types of things, and that that's in the TV world. But in the movie world, they're like switching up everything. You know, they're 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 throwing their agendas into there, and that's what you see in a TV world. You don't see as much agenda driven stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't see it. But now you're but now you are because it's getting crappy. Oh yeah, you very know? much so. Yeah. And you look at all the movies that are coming out from Marvel now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. I know a lot of them are, um, are, are um, comic books that weren't very popular to begin with or weren't very big. Like, I think the Inhumans wasn't very big. And I think this new ones that are coming out is the, shoot, what was it called? Eternals. They, they flipped the, the roles of, I'd say, half the cast. Because they're supposed to be more males than female um, um, really? her heroes. Yeah. And I think they, they added like three or four new. Three, they turned three or four of the males into females hmm. just to put the equality crap. Yeah. I think they even made the leader who was male into a female. See, and that's really bad. So I don't want to see that. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, um, Keith and I are Asian. Like, Keith, you're like Chinese-Japanese. Yep. So I'm full Chinese. We sound American because we are American. Yes. You know, do you speak any Japanese? I can swear in it a little swear bit. In it. I'm a Chinese. Uh, very little. Yeah, I can say Gungi Fa Choi in yeah. Chinese, which is Happy New Year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so we're really basically fully American. And, and right now, I'm seeing right now, they're, they're trying to push like a lot of Asian agenda things and all that. And I don't like that either. Yeah. I, I really, really don't like that. You know, I mean, I mean, things should, things should just, you know, the story should be king. And then later on, you can say, hey, yeah, we're going to make a movie about Chinese things or anything. But you don't have to force that into movies. Nope. You know, you don't have to force like, you know, minority things into movies. And Well, I think they're trying to force the Chinese thing because they're trying to get the Chinese money. Oh yeah, that too. Oh, talking about that, why don't we talk about like um, with how they ruined twenty seven? Man, I really got the temperature up there, man. Oh yeah, Tem well, the temperature right now, by the way, people is a three twenty seven. We're just going off a tangent, talk about anything. Yeah, yeah, but um, but uh, yeah, like uh, you know, Iron Man two, which had the what was it, the um, Mandarin, the Mandarin. They ruined the Mandarin. Completely ruined the Mandarin. The Mandarin was supposed to be a Chinese magical. The uh, ten thing. rings. Ten, yeah. Mag magic first machine. Yep. That would have been so incredible. But because they didn't want to insult the Chinese, they rewrote that entire storyline. Uh, they're thinking of putting the real man. Well, actually, they, they uh, implied that there was actually a real man. They did there. after that. But I, th I think that was after the movie or something. But they never, got, that, they never yeah. brought back the Mandarin and Iron Man is dead. Yeah. You know, so, so it's like... Yeah. And, and that's supposed to be Iron Man's main enemy. Yeah. But they are going to bring in the Mandarin. Jeez. From what I understand, they're bringing him in, in Shang-Chi. Oh, Okay. Well, because it's called 
Shang-Chi and the five or ten rings or something. Oh, okay. okay. I, I saw ten that. Ten rings I, I have saw to that. do with the ten rings of the Mandarin. I, I saw that, yeah. I saw oh, oh, we should talk. I should tell the audience. Okay, so um, uh, Captain Marvel is going to be, uh, I think, um, they pushed back her production date to November tw- November something of 20, 2022. That's really bad. Um, you know, movies, whenever you push a movie that back, that back to, that's, I think, when they're going to be released. That, that yeah, means they're going to be like shooting that. next year, if anything. But um, that's really, really bad when you because it was supposed to be the um, Captain Marvel was supposed to headline the flagship of the new um, yep. the new, new Marvel, Marvel MCU, MCU um, yeah, push. Yeah, but I guess they they saw the um, the drops in sales for Captain Marvel. I mean, I don't know many people who actually bought the movie. Did they fire the old director, or they never invited her? Then they they hired on this um, social justice warrior other director who only who really hasn't directed anything right uh, she's slated to direct a movie called Candyman remember Candyman the other oh yeah yeah so I used to uh, I used to like that movie just because that the black guy had that um, had that roll down pretty well he had a he, he, he was a creepy black, he was a creepy guy man so <laughs> like you know like the, the uh, what was it the um so Jordan Peele's gonna do, re- redo it oh, with really? that new director she's not directing it so that new that young girl so she's a horror director you know so maybe I mean I'm not even sure if she's going to be good or not. But then a lot of her other movies before that are like all like black black empowerment things. I don't know if she's going to do this black empowerment. I don't think it's going to be something about black empowerment or women empowerment. But then it may be better, you know, maybe better because if she's at least Captain Marvel two may have a horror type of you know feel, yeah, feel to, to it, it yeah. which would be pretty good, you know. But we'll but see if they have if the rumors are true and they have um, Rogue in it. It actually might be worth watching. Yeah. So tell tell the audience about Rogue. Well, I don't know. If uh, how much you guys know about Rogue, but if you watched old um, X Men cartoons, um, the Rogue in that that the cartoons are is a lot more powerful than the the Rogue in the movies. The reason being is if you ever saw the genesis of Rogue in the um, comic books, um, she didn't get really powerful until she absorbed the powers of Captain Marvel, and because Captain Marvel was never introduced into the X Men or the Marvel Cinematic Universe until recently, Rogue. Was for would forever be, uh, kind of a weak mutant who had the ability to absorb other powers and was too afraid to use her powers, um, completely, uh, and they never explained that fear because it never, which never really made sense because her character made no sense in that movie because she should not have feared her power because the reason why she feared her power is because of what she did to Captain Marvel, where she permanently absorbed somebody's powers and parts of their memories. When Rogue would um. Wait, I got a question. When when she absorbs her powers, is she taking the powers away from them? Yes, the, the person loses their powers temporarily until um, she loses the powers. So, oh, so wait, Rogue, but Rogue absorbs it permanently. Yeah, as part, if she can. Right. Um, if she, so can she, she, make, she has, like Captain Marvel have no powers? Um, I believe for a while that's what happened. That'd be great. That'd they, be a way to write Brie Larson out of there. Uh, Captain well, Marvel, I think that may be a agenda if they, there. Even if they did um, yeah. do something that where. Roll completely, permanently moved her powers, um, which did happen in the comics. Oh, she ha- she was powerless for quite a while, and then she got more powers again. Well, Captain Marvel was never pop was never a very popular. Comic no, she book was character. never a popular. Right? She was she was one of those side characters that yeah, it never took pop off. up every once once in a while. Yeah, it never took off. It so, actually she actually had a pretty good run once. Yeah, recently I think. Um, during the two thousands or something like that, she had a she had a pretty good run. So, 
so, so for, for those of you who don't know, and probably don't know, Keith is a huge comic book nerd, or was. Was, I don't, don't pick up much comics anymore. But you have, like, comics, like, with galore. Yes, I do. I have Way bins too, worth of comics. Bins of comics. So I, I'm not a comic reader at all, um, but then, but do you still buy comics right nope. now? I haven't bought a comic in years. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a lot different, but he has comics and comic, comics. When I knew him, he was into, right into comics, way into Star Wars and all that. Yep, but, Spider-Man. <laughs> and that's why his knowledge of um, of fiction and characters are so well, and, and then that's why he can help me create a lot of good characters, and he can you know break down storylines, especially right now when, um, when a lot of movies that are coming out, which they basically abuse the canon like oh, you yeah. believe. <laughs> they they bend it so far back it breaks. Yes, and it pisses off people. See, you know when you when you write a good. When you write good fiction, it can be de- it can be debated like science. Exactly. Because when you live in that world, you can tear it apart, take it apart, and you can just all you have to do is exist in that world. It's not that hard, and it's fun right. because it's not life. But then all of a sudden, you start pushing all this like crap into there, like your own feelings, and so I'm going to make this, I'm going to make that, or female or female female driven agendas, female driven agendas, anything. I mean, anything. It could be even even the climate. Oh, I hate the climate change thing. Oh too. yeah. Right, if you're gonna have something destroy the world, oh, let's make it about climate change and all that. Why do we have to debate politics inside of a movie, right? You know, because you know people have different opinions on climate change. People have different opinions on everything, right? And now they're having oh, because of uh, George Floyd, we have to have more black empowerment stuff. So, no, you don't. No, you don't. If you look at George Floyd, I mean, he's no no hero to put up. I'm like, he's a career criminal. He um, abused people. Oh yeah. He pointed a, a gun at a pregnant woman's belly. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, how screwed up do you have to be to do something like that? Exactly. And I agree 100% with Keith and all that. And that's the thing, too. When we take a look at, like, <laughs> fictional writing, you know, when it comes to, like, movements out there in the real world, they fictionalize it more than anything. They, they, they fictionalized George Floyd. Oh, yeah. They fictionalized... They made him to a martyr, man. Yeah, they made him to a martyr. They made him to a hero when he's yeah. actually the antagonist who unfortunately had a really bad run-in with the cops. I mean, yeah. That part where the cops were saying, okay, you know, that's not good no. and all that. But even then, that cop... Did his job. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny because that cop just followed protocol. And is, was he a white supremacist? No. Did he go past the line? That's even... even that's deb- debatable. That's even debatable because that's part of the cops' the protocol over there. And does their, their movement mean that all cops are racist? No. Absolutely not. But you have people freaking out over that. Yeah. You know, and it's fictional. Yeah. It's completely not not to say that hey, police inherent br- racism. Yeah, it's not to say that police brutality doesn't exist because it does. Oh yeah, most definitely it does. does. But not as a systemic as say oh systemic you, racism. Yes, yeah, like as this black guy is gonna like oh the cop will stay. Hey, there's a black kid. Let's go shoot him. Yeah. You know, oh look, there's a black guy. Let's pull him over for no reason and let's kill him. You know, and uh, and now there are bad cops out there because you watch forensic files. They have like. Black cops, not even black cops, bad cops. Bad cops, cops killing people, yeah. Yeah, but they have, but those bad cops can be black, Asian, Mexican, and oh, white, yeah. and all that, right? I mean, I, I saw forensic, there was like a, a black cop who was raping people, there was a white cop who was raping people, yeah. there, was, there was an Asian cop who was raping people like that, you know? There was a oh, Muslim yeah. cop who like killed this white lady in Minnesota like that, she, she had called them for help, and he shot her dead. Yeah. She's like, she was coming up there, and she shot him dead, I, I couldn't. I couldn't believe that, but then again, the, because he was Muslim, the media didn't want to say anything. It was a Muslim black. It was a Muslim cop, you know. Yep. So, and and even there was like even when black cops do bad things, they want to they don't want to report it, you know, because it has to be a white cop. Because it goes against the story. Yeah, it has to be right. a white cop. So, not good, people. Not good. But again, you know, and here's the one thing, you know, like, 
I guess my skill lies in fiction, right? I should not be talking about real life stuff because I'm a fictional writer, right? right. But journalists write fiction all the time. So all of a sudden it goes, goes into my arena. I mean, it's that sad. Well, look at look at the story articles these days. Pretty much ninety percent of the, story, the the news media, it's all fake. Yeah, I can't think of one um, story out of out of the news that have been has been real. Even the stuff that's about COVID. Oh yeah, yeah, the stuff about COVID. I mean, I think I talk about it. I talk about COVID, by the way, a lot on my podcast and all that. Like there, there was a study on masks that came out, and I, I'm not sure who put it out, but they, they found out that it. Masks are not as effective as they Do thought it would be because it changes the, the airflow in there. Oh, yeah. yeah when you Because when you wear the mask, it's kind of open on the side. Right. So all of a sudden, it's like sucking in, like you're, you're breathing in harder because you're wearing a mask right. automatically. It breathes it in straight up into your nose. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's why they found out, like, oh, that's why 85% of the people infected actually wore masks. Yeah. yeah and and like, what, I think 2 to 3% of the people out there didn't wear masks. So when you're doing it, you're, you're, caused, you're putting a vacuum. On here, it's like it's like breathing things. Something breathing, like sucking soda through a straw is a lot easier than than a really wide straw, right? Yeah, smaller straw is easier, right? There's that optimal, you know, thing, the the optimal like diameter, right? Of right, a straw, right, right. you have too big, it's like useless, right? You put that mask on, you, you just funnel it, it just vacuums it. So your breath, you breathe in harder, and it just funnels the the, the COVID thing right into really? your nose. Yeah, really interesting study out there. So um, this is really not that good, but of course. We have to follow the, the agenda, right? So, oh yeah, yeah. So we have to follow the science, the Democrat science. <laughs> oh yeah, I just love when they say the the, um, the party, the of party science. science, yeah. yeah. Or, or um, the 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 debate is over. Oh, that, yeah. oh yeah, that that I just love when they say that the debate is over. When did we have the debate? Yeah. When was this debate? I was never seen this debate. Yeah. How can the debate be over if the, the debate never happened? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that, that pisses, but that's the way the Democrats always work. Um, the debate is always over when yep. the debate has never happened. The, the yep. debate never started. We're seeing that in the courts right now, like with Trump. Yeah, the courts don't even want to have a debate. Yep. they said just you know. I mean, for me, if 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 there is evidence of voter fraud, fine. If there isn't, fine. You know. Yep. But anyway. Oh, we are like approaching, approaching the maximum, the recording. maximum recording time. So we got to stop this podcast. Hey, guys, um, we're going to stop it here. Keith is going to like tend to the firebox. We're going to stop it right here. Yeah. All right. So we're back. Um, what happened was that our, I guess we had, we went over the maximum time allowed to record at any given time. Yeah. On anchor. Um, they only allow us to talk for an hour. Yep. After an hour, they cut us off. I don't know, man. Like barbecuing takes like eight hours. We can, we can make a long show. Yes. <laughs> but this uh, this whole thing is like how I wanted it actually to be like, you know, like, you know, again, this this pod, podcast was created called Barbecue 2 Movies and it would feature Keith and me just talking about everything from Barbecue 2 Movies because when you cook for so long... We tend to talk about a lot of things. Yeah. That's the best part of making making the barbecue, you know? So while we were gone, like we uh, opened up the smoker and we sprayed it down with apple cider and water apple cider vinegar and water you got to do that with most of your meats and that helps it absorb a lot of smoke and break down the fats it, it also it, builds up the color builds up the color and everything like that just make it real nice um, my rub includes paprika so it makes it a little more redder than it usually is so i'm not going to give all my other secrets away because i'm going to sell this crap later on when covid stops hopefully good. keith will be my co-pit master then though so uh but then again we'll probably be Hopefully, getting some other people to do this stuff for yeah. us. Yeah, <laughs> and we need a bigger pit. 
Yeah, so I'm gonna get a nice like 500 gallon, uh, 500 gallon propane tank, and be uh, like a lot easier to like manage too. But then again, if Joe Batten actually does get into office, it'll be harder to do. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm really scared of. Like with this, um, you know, if Joe Biden gets into office, like how much will he change things, right? I, I think he, I, I really, I know he's gonna increase the taxes. He yeah. actually said he was gonna increase the taxes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll be one of the only presidents that I know of in history that got in by saying he's going to increase the taxes instead of decrease the taxes. Yeah, he's going to increase the corporate taxes. Yeah. What I'm scared of, though, like, like will there, be, will there be a carbon tax? Oh, I hope not. So if there's a carbon tax, then, you know, barbecuing, barbe is, barbecuing is kind of out like that. Like, you know, are they going to, do I have to pay a carbon tax every time, single time I barbecue? Because that's carbon. It well, is putting away carbon, a lot of in carbon. In fact, it's making carbon. Yeah, it's making carbon. What's wrong with carbon? You know, like so much. You know, nothing's wrong with it. It's just something you know. that the that the left kind of focused on because they say it's bad for the environment. The everything's made out of carbon. Yeah, everything's made out of carbon. Everything. Everything. <laughs> everything is made out of carbon. Like diamonds are made out, are made out of carbon, right? Every every single thing is like what, what the hell is it made out of carbon, right? I mean, what, what the, and what the hell is carbon pollution? I'm more concerned about real pollution. Like the hypodermic needles that are on top oh, of the ground, yeah. all the crap, all the homeless people actually, you know, littering raw Hawaii. Getting, yeah, um, raw, yeah, raw sewage. Pumped into the ocean. Oh, it's horrible. That's horrible, but this whole, um, the debate is over. Yeah. Um, climate change. And, and just the name of it, climate change. The climate is always changing. So uh, Keith and I have a friend. We're not going to say her name. Yep. But you know who I'm talking about. Yes, I know who you're talking who about. Who is in charge of? Um, so our our mayor uh, is so is so um, is so is so uh, concerned about climate change. He created this new positions, this office to to battle climate change. Right. So we have this one friend. I think her, her last job was fixing bikes over at the YMCA. Something like that, yeah. And then she was put in charge of what was that flood mitigation. So flood mitigation means that. If the if the tide is rising, she's going to help try to find ways to mitigate that flood. She has no experience in environmental things, no engineering skills, no nothing. She was fixing bikes. I think her like her, her degree was in rhetoric. Probably. She, if she listens to this, she's going to know who she is. But it's, it's true. Yeah, it's the truth, though. She was given this position, and then she has no like experience down there. She just applied and she got it. Fine. It's great that she got it and she applied. But this is how much you know. Again, the you know, climate change is so important, important to them. That they'll hire someone like that out. Like, wouldn't you, you hire like like a really like an engineer, civil engineer out, or someone, yeah, or uh, or actually a climatologist? Yeah, yeah. And it, it's almost like John, like like Joe Biden hired John Kerry, putting John Kerry in charge oh, yeah. of the climate. What the heck does a um, liberal senator senator know about anything? Yeah, about climate change. Abs Is he a scientist? Yeah, absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, uh, yeah, it's just very, 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 very frustrating. And, and uh, living here in Hawaii, it's, um, it's even more frustrating because you're on an island. You can't get away. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I like Hawaii. I really do. But it's getting irritating. It's getting stupid, actually. Yeah. Like, uh, my business is like, well, Keith, what do you say about your business when COVID hit? Because like, Keith is a, um, he's a manager at a, at a, a supermarket. So he's oh. a front line. He's a front line worker. It actually did it actually helped our business a lot. Yep. We we were we were packed because oh the COVID scare. 
the first time it happened, we were we were we were jamming. We were getting huge sales, and now that we're in our second or third shut, second shutdown, it's kind of balanced out. It's almost like freaking um, business as usual. Well, we're not really shut down, right? Now. Are we shut down? Well, we're kind we're of still kind of shut down. We're, yeah. we're only in our what first, second phase, second, maybe? Second, second phase, 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 second phase. Yeah. Well, well, none of these phases actually make any sense to begin with. Yeah, I mean, technically, my business is open, but I have no business coming in because it's very discouraging for wedding couples to come to Hawaii right now. Because you have to go through all these tests. You got to jump through so many hula hoops, right? Oh, yeah. And then there's one couple who who got arrested, I believe, for the kid had, had to use the bathroom really badly. And the mother was having stomach problems and she was stuck on the throne. So she he, he went down into the um, um, lobby to go to the bathroom and they got arrested for it. That's stupid. Yeah. So they were quarantined. They were, yeah, they were quarantined at the time because the kid broke quarantine. That is dumb. Because he had to use the bathroom. There's only one bathroom in the toilet. Or only one toilet in a, in a room. I'm sorry. I mean, if more than one person has to use it. So have, has your um, supermarket had any uh, COVID breakouts in there? Um, not that I know of. Yeah. Um, not ours in particular, but yeah. I heard there was probably a few. Oh, yeah. yeah. They'll make a difference and all that. So Keith and I are on quercetin. So that basically makes us bulletproof. Or, the, or that's what some doctors have said. If you're not on quercetin... Get it. Get yourself on there. But the vaccine, though, are you are you going to take the vaccine? I'm probably going to take the vaccine. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to take it. I, yeah. I, I have no fear of I it. Don't, I don't. I'd rather have it and not need it than yeah. need it and not have it. Yeah, because once you have the vaccine, like they they say, it's a 95 percent after the second shot. Yeah, it's eighty five percent after the first shot. Yeah, so that's not too bad. Yeah, you know? that's not bad at all. You know that the polio vaccine is only fifty percent efficient. Really? Yeah, it's fifty percent, and the flu vaccine is like zero. It's close yeah. to zero. So, so it's way better than the flu. But but you know the other cool thing is that um, because uh, it, it stops coronaviruses. So we're, t- we're so what we're talking about is that it actually um, will stop the common cold too. So you'll you'll stop getting cold, sick for well, at least a little while. Yeah, I'm not sure how long that vaccine works though. Yeah, I mean I'm not sure because the it, cold, the common cold keeps mutating. Yeah, the common cold, but it has, as long as it has the, but it is a coronavirus, it has those spikes on it. Yeah. So they said that um, because they created this antibody, it's gonna like again attach to the we're well, not antibody like um your body will create the antibody or like attach itself to the to those um, spikes and make it smooth. Yeah. It's kind of like the synthetic antibody. It's a very strong antibody, too. So uh, we'll see what happens. I'm not sure how long it's going to last. Most vaccines don't. I'm not sure how, how long they last. I don't know. Some of them last for a long time because I know the chicken box and the measles one last for yeah, a indefinitely. very long time. Yeah. yeah, indefinitely, right? Yeah. And we'll see if COVID, you know, I think COVID is mutating on the inside, not on the outside. Which well, is, probably. Yeah, it's, which is good. So, which is really good. But, uh, but again, a lot of our audience out there, conservatives, they don't like the co- they don't like the vaccines. They really don't. You know, I've heard a lot of things about it. But there was a lady who um, she she's a nurse and she she fainted on camera after she took it. Like I think about a few minutes after she took it, she's she's out there saying, "Oh yeah, it's safe," and she fainted. Really? She <laughs> yeah, she fainted. Just someone sent me that video. I'm like, oh, it's real. It's a real video. She fainted, and uh, but apparently she has a. Um, when she feels pain, she faints. So that her arm was feeling pain, and she fainted because of the pain. Oh, wow. Had nothing to do with COVID, with the COVID, the COVID vaccine. Like you know, having lightness to it had nothing, no side effect. It's just her. 
So, but that, that's really bad optics. Yeah. <laughs> Crack me up. So people will probably, you'll probably see it on YouTube. You know, she'll probably become a YouTube sensation, you know. Probably. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, another screenwriter is going to write that narrative and say, oh, look at that. And we have a lot of people paranoid again. Oh, yeah. But, you know, people, like, you know, people should be, you know, wary of vaccines or anything. You know, even, even prescription drugs are not that, opioids are horrible. Oh, yeah. Those, those prescription painkillers? Yeah, horrible. Oh yeah, they'll, they'll hook you out of them and make you dependent on them, man. Yeah, really bad, you know. So, I don't, I don't know, man. But I think that uh, by, I'm predicting probably by next summertime, COVID will be gone. I'll probably, at, at least uh, here in America. Yeah. At least here in America. I don't know about the third world countries. I, that's where it'd be kind of like sad the third world countries and all that you know yeah but well, they'll, they'll, they'll have to they'll get them vaccinated yeah and they still have like third they still have like things like they still have polio in those oh areas, yeah you know they still have chicken pox and um yeah. measles yeah yeah actually yeah. we still have measles here but well that's because like the the anti-vaxxers like they don't want to get their kids yeah, vaccinated they don't get, anymore yeah. you know i mean you know, we got vaccinated i don't have to worry about measles i've never had measles i never had chicken pox did you get the chicken pox vaccine i think i did yeah that's probably probably why so you can't get shingles. I hope not. <laughs> no, no, because once you have the um, chicken box, you can get chicken shingles. Chicken box, you get shingles. So I, I've had, actually had shingles before. You did? Yeah, I got it on my stomach. It, it, it's a rash that appears halfway on your stomach. Yeah. I got it from my guinea pig. I was holding my guinea pig on my stomach, and it had scratched my stomach, and then it caused an allergic reaction, and then it turned into shingles. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Out of all things, my guinea pig caused me a... But it, it didn't get a really bad thing, so they gave me some like you know medicine for it, like some pills that popped, uh. and it went away like real quick. But it didn't hurt. But it was really itchy. Oh yeah, some 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 of it is supposed to get really painful. Oh yeah, yeah. Like when it hurt, like some people have it and, and they, it sticks around. Oh yeah. But I was very lucky, you know. So it was like, uh, and they said once you have shingles, then you probably can never get it again, because the, now your immune system is up for that. So. I heard there's a shingles vaccine though. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a vaccine for it too. So there's there's vaccines for everything. I mean, I I think I am a fan of vaccines, um, if they're done properly. And they're safe. Yes. Like with anything. But um, I don't like it that other people are like saying, here's a category of medicine and we're just going to alienate that category. You know, and all vaccines are not the same. No. Right? It's like alienating cars. Like, oh man, there's so many people who die from cars, oh, so shit. all cars would be bad. Oh, that's Keith right there. He, he looked at the temperature. It dropped down to 250 again. <laughs> so. That's because uh, all the wood turned into charcoal. So, uh, wood, it's one of the. Um, just to narrate to you what's happening here is that um, after wood, I, I didn't even do one. I didn't even do one wood change for you. Keith is doing it all, so Keith is actually the, the pit master. <laughs> I was talking. <laughs> so, so uh, after after the wood burns itself out, it turns into charcoal. So what you want to do is you want to take like a shovel, a small little shovel, break it apart into small little um, pieces. Don't break it apart too much. Yeah. You don't want to turn it to ash, but that charcoal bed, you want that nice charcoal bed. And then once you have a nice charcoal bed on there, you can basically put any type of piece of wood on there and it'll start to catch on fire. Make sure your wood is dry though. Um, if you have wet wood out there, it's not going to want to burn. And, um, and, and that's the main thing. If you, also, if you, have, if you have wet wood, you won't have a clean fire. Um, you don't want dry, dry, dry wood because then you won't have smoke. So um, you have to season it. I don't like kiln-dried wood. Like, kiln-dried wood has absolutely no flavor. You might as well be cooking with propane. And that's the truth about it. And then be very very uh, picky on the type of um, wood you're, um, 
you're putting into there. I mean, I like to call it firebox Jenga because you're kind of playing Jenga and balancing pieces of wood in there. And then um, I, what I did is I bought uh, a fire tongs, and these fire tongs allow us to, to pick up the, these pieces of wood and have like a three-foot distance from the flames so we, we won't burn our hand. A lot of people just put these um, pieces of wood in by hand. You want a you want a pretty long fire tongs when you're putting in wood in here. No matter what size of um, what size of a, a smoker you're using. All right, we are back. I have to put that on pause right now because I have to go take a look at the fire. Um, right now, the meat is at 154, and this, we're probably going to wrap really, really soon. This will probably be the last burn of wood. Yep. We. What time is it now, Keith? About 5.30. So we've been cooking two hours. Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Again, ribs, they don't take very long to make. They don't really, really don't take that long. I mean, you can cook it anywhere between 275 and 325. Um, Myron Mixon likes to cook it really hot. Yeah, 325, I believe. 325, yeah. Because they're doing the bar, you know, they're doing the competition stuff. Yeah, they, they like that one bite. Yeah. Your competition ribs are very different than, than what you want to have, like ribs at home. Like competition ribs, they want the bite. They don't want it too tender. Yeah, they want it, Yeah, they want to have a chew. And things are really, really strong in flavor. It's really sweet. Yeah. And really vinegary sometimes, because they um. Some people like the Memphis barbecue. What, what is it? They only have one bite. So yeah, everything has to be in that one bite. Yeah. You know they don't want to just you know if you if you take more than one bite then it, it's not very good. Like I've, I've tasted it up there in Memphis. Memphis, oh. Uh, uh. Memphis, by the way, was a really big disappointment for me in barbecue. I don't want to, man. I'm gonna like alienate my Memphis crowd. <laughs> I didn't have one good piece of barbecue over there in Memphis. Oh, I did at the airport. That was Neely's. Right before we hopped on the plane, I went to Neely's. It was good. But um, I went to Rendezvous. I went to Central. I went to all these places, man. It wasn't good at all. I mean, it was okay. It was well. It was, Memphis barbecue is a really different type of barbecue. Yeah, it's, it's very different. How the how they uh, make it is very different. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not southern barbecue. That's more. It's, that's why I said it's Memphis barbecue. It's yeah. Uh, it's going to be more of a vinegary um, base. It's very very vinegary. It's, it's all wet barbecue most of the time. But even then, it's still like like a lot of it was not very good. Like I went to all and I went to some of these places over there, right on Beale Street, and they had the um the, the awards right there in the window, and, and it was just not good. I mean, the first place you went had they had tons of awards, man. It looked like. It looked like they were collecting awards, right? I mean, it was, like, it was like all scattered in the window. Some of them are collecting awards. Yeah, I mean, it was like, oh. I think they make probably better business winning competitions. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even doubt it. Because I know a lot of these um, people, who, these um, competition winners, open what restaurants and their restaurants don't, don't last. No, they don't. They don't at all. They really, really don't. Because competition-style barbecue is not what most people want to eat. No. You know, I love fall off the bone barbecue. I, I mean, I just the more love, tender the better. Yeah, I just love tender, and that's not gonna that's not gonna be you know in any kind of competition at all. When I, when I open up my restaurant, um, I'm gonna serve fall off the bone barbecue like that. I just wanted that really tender, to, oh, you know, really cut, tender, cut it with spice, a spoon. The, the smoky taste. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't like it when they say, "Oh yeah, we're, we're trying to like not have too much smoke flavor." There's no such thing as too much. Yeah, smoke I don't flavor. like. Yeah, the, there's there's a such thing as too much bad smoke flavor. Yes, like if it tastes like gasoline, but you know. No, if it's a good smoke and you and it, it, it's not going to taste like gasoline. It's going to taste smoky. Yeah, and it's going to taste delicious. You want that strong smoke flavor. Yeah, you just want that strong sweet for like. You make ribs. You want it kind of on the sweeter side. 
little sweet, be sweet, salty, little, and smoky. Uh, yeah, sweet, salty, and smoky. Sweet, salty, and smoky. Three. Yeah, but then the beef ribs are just salty, salty, peppery, and smoky. I mean, if you want to do Memphis, you can also put a little bit of vinegar in there. That way, you get get it all for for taste. Sweet, smoky. But they want the bitter too. Sometimes yeah, some, yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. I don't want that bitter thing. Who wants yeah. that bitter? Bitter? No, it's not. It I don't think bitter has any place in barbecue. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if you um, eat Brussels sprouts with it, you can have a little bit bitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, guys, uh, you guys should watch this um, barbecue show on Netflix. It's really, really good. Um, I wouldn't really even. Well, I guess they they are barbecuing. Yeah, they but are. But they don't really focus on fire management. At not all. Really, it's not really smoking. It's more barbecuing. Yeah. I mean, they are. None of them are that great pitmasters on there. I mean, we saw it's all dirty smoke, right? Yeah. And even I think even the critics on that they they don't even know how to how to manage a fire that well. They well, really don't. That that female is supposed to really know what she's doing because she is a. She is like a, she's a competition, competition yeah. award winning competition smoke a pitmaster. Yeah. So she knows what she's doing. It's just that her comments were though were way off. Though. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just that competition is not what people would want to eat. Yeah, but even then, her, her remember she said that oh you don't want that much wood inside of a, well you don't want to pile that much wood inside of a firebox because it's going to drown it out and make, make white smoke because you're going to have two, the fire's going to drown itself out. But I'm not sure like how much wood she was talking about. Yeah, cause, because the guy the guy only put the lady only put like I think three pieces of wood in there. That's fine. Yeah, uh, we put like up to six yeah. two pieces of wood in there. And it's not a dirty thing. The uh, fire's not a too big. Right well, yeah, that's dirty right yeah, right now. It's a little dirty because it's starting up, though. Yeah. Oh, oh well, something there. By the way, the wind is blowing here, so if you feel... Yeah, that's... Uh, we're only on speakerphone right now. We're probably going to end this pretty soon, too, because we've got to wrap it up there. Yeah. Hey, yeah, why don't we end it right now, because before the weather gets really bad, but... Uh, yeah. It was good talking to you, folks. Yep. Um, hopefully, I'll be here to do more podcasts with, with Steve here. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, get 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 you into this uh, podcast. Yeah, the, this is what I was looking for. Like that. This is what I thought. Barbecue two movies. I hardly talk about barbecue, by the way, in, in, in my podcast. Really? Oh, it's all politics. It's all po- oh. it's all, it's all no politics. politics you, you talk too much <laughs> politics, and it's dry. I mean, I'm. Uh, I didn't really start getting into politics until I started hanging out with you. Yeah. And even then, it wasn't until the later half of... Yeah. With, yeah, yeah, it's true, yeah. Yeah, it's true. We're not even really into politics, so... Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, now, like, um, you know... And, yeah, see, we have barbecue two movies, and they didn't talk about the movie side because yeah. there's no movies going on. And then I can't talk about the projects I'm working on. Right. So, so it's like, Well, we can talk about the movies now, but the movies now, it's like... Yeah. It's not, I don't know if we can really consider it movies is. More like streaming. Yeah, I don't know what the, this this whole thing, like this whole streaming thing, is gonna take, turn everything upside down. Oh yeah, it's gonna like everyone can be a movie maker now, which is great, which is which is really great because it was, it was really hard before to 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 get like um your stuff seen. Oh yeah, now it's so easy. I mean, look, we like we got a podcast. Like before, there was no such thing. Before you would have to have a radio show oh, yeah. and then have a deal like therefore have have an audience. And now you can do this right with your cell phone. Yeah, you can just sit down and. Yeah. Talk. Yeah, and and the speaker's system on here is pretty darn, darn good, you know. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, I'm not. Hopefully, it'll sound really good on their yeah. side. I hope so too. <laughs> yeah, if it doesn't, guys, tough luck. Yeah. Tough luck. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll clean it up later. <laughs> Maybe. I don't, I don't think there's no cleaning it up. For, I don't, I'm not gonna clean it up. Oh, man. you're not gonna clean it up? No. Okay. <laughs> no way, man. It's too uh, too much work, man. It's too way too much work. 
Got way yeah. too much like stuff to do. Yeah, later on, guys, um, I'm, I'm working also for I'm working for a podcast company that's run by a a, a really great screenwriter. Her name is e- Esther Luttrell, and uh, I'll probably get her on to talk about movies. She's she's worked for um, MGM. Um, she's made so many movies. She's worked on. She worked with every big name director out there, and um, she's my boss for Mojave Beach Productions. Uh, you should check her with the website out though. It's called MojaveBeachProductions.com, and they do a lot of dramatized podcasts. So everything she's uh, did in the movies, um, she's doing there um, over there on on a podcast, a dramatized like the Otella plays, like World War. What was it called? Uh, War of the Worlds. Yeah. Um, but it's done more of an, in a modern way. Um, so you can check it out, Mojave Beach Productions. That's M O J A V E. Oh, no, it's Mojave Beach Productions, M-O-J-A-V-E, Beach Productions with a S, dot com. And uh, you can also check me out at scriptwritersteve.com. And every time I, I, I put a podcast, it goes right over there. And on Saturdays, we, we talk about screenwriting. Um, probably this will be the Saturday podcast. I'll probably put that up on there. And then... Um, Everywhere to Monday through Thursday, it's always barbecue to movies, mostly about politics. And then Wednesdays are reserved for weddings. All right, guys. I'll talk to you later. Keith, say bye. Okay. Nice meeting you all.